Hello, I'm Georgia Galanudis, president of New York Women in Communications, New York Wiki. And welcome to New York Wiki's Women Heard Changemakers. This is the podcast for the communications community where I have the privilege of talking to female changemakers and inviting them to share their professional stories of resilience. These are personal moments in their career that demonstrate how humanity and growth are not mutually exclusive, where empathy and compassion can help establish even more sustainable models for progress and success. If you're wondering how others have navigated these pathways, listen on. In this episode of Women Heard Changemakers, it is actually our very first episode, and I'll be chatting with Nancy Weber, a longtime supporter of New York Wiki, a New York Wiki past president, and a 2017 Matrix Award recipient. Nancy has had a robust career that started with a journalism degree, kicked off into marketing as a promotion manager at Condé Nast. From there, she navigated her way to VP of marketing at McCall's and Family Circle, and then back to Condé Nast to lead marketing and growth for their Golf Digest franchise. She's most recently made, perhaps, the most profound and exciting move of her career. And that's into retirement. In July of 2023, Nancy left her EVP marketing role after 17 incredibly successful years at Meredith, now Dostat Meredith. And I welcome Nancy to the podcast. I cannot think of a better person to launch this series with. Nancy, please say hello to the audience today. Hello, everyone. And hi, Georgia. It's so great to be here with you on this kickoff of this new podcast, which I think is just um, a great, great title. And and I know you'll have a lot of great content. And, you know, um, it's another reminder of the various circles of life that happened throughout one's career. And you and I had the wonderful pleasure of meeting and working together at Meredith years ago when digital was really just emerging and we were all focused on creating new products for marketers and growing new revenue streams for the company. And here we are 10 plus years later, both as presidents or past presidents of this great organization kicking off a new podcast. So I'm excited to be here with you. I remember those times fondly. And I think sometimes how during our careers, we had to navigate so much transition. Well, I think that's been the one constant in marketing, whether you've been at the same company for years or not. You know, I don't think I've ever had the same day in the 35 plus years I've been working. And that's what has kept me excited about being in marketing all these years. I love it. And it'll keep us young in mind and heart. Exactly. For today's conversation, unlike our regular Women Heard podcast, hosted by the incomparable Julie Hockheiser-Ilkovich, uh, we're, we're not going to go on the career journey path um, with you, even though as interesting as that might be, 
we're going to focus in this conversation on a distinct moment in time uh, or, or a story that you've brought to share. You know, as we, as we look back on our careers, I think each of us have distinct moments that stand out, that shape us, uh, stories of resilience. Um, and I'd love to know more, Nancy, about a time when you were personally and professionally challenged, perhaps in a way that opened you up to some new possibilities in your life and your career. I would love to hear what you brought to share with us today. Well, you know, Georgia, I think um, probably for many of us, the last big challenge I had was really how do you lead um, when you have something like COVID take, take place? And I think none of us had been through that ever. And um, you know, it's so interesting to look back um, because I really think leading up to that time, people were a little bit on autopilot, not that we weren't all working super hard, but I think, um, you know, when the pandemic hit and, and life was shut down, literally, you know, that was a major shock to the system. And, you know, I remember pretty much in the first probably three days, it's like, we got to figure out how are we going to operate? Um, and how are you going to lead a team and create new challenges? And how do we take sort of advantage of, of trying to do new things in a different way and um, create new business opportunities? And, you know, I think first and foremost, it's like, checking in on people and making sure everyone was safe and, you know, not in the corner curled up and, you know, from the basics of Zoom. And I remember, I don't think, I mean, Zoom had been around, but hardly anyone used it. And um, I remember my team, you know, they get on Zoom. I think early on, we almost met every day, if not every other day, and no one was turning on their cameras. And I'm like, except me. <laughs> so I sent out a note early on a Monday morning and said, you have one hour, take a shower, put a comb through your hair, and everyone's going to be, you know, on camera, because that really was the point is like, how do we get people connected and feeling part of the team? And I think that that was really kind of a challenge um, to everyone. And you know, a big part of my responsibility was um, overseeing um, some big major consumer um, events. And, you know, we had a half marathon that was supposed to be happening in mid-April. And, you know, it's funny, we I would talk to the New York Roadrunners and every week it was like, we weren't quite canceling yet because I think everyone was being super hopeful. And, um uh, you know, we had to unwind a race. I think we had 10,000 runners registered. We had sponsors and, you know, we didn't really have a clear path of how do we unwind that and do the right thing for the consumers and the advertisers and all of that. And then on the heels of that, we had the food and wine classic in Aspen. And, you know, it, it, 
was a, how do you unwind? Make sure, you know, you just look at all of the communities that, you know, you affect. And that's a big event for Aspen and is kind of the kickoff to summer. So we knew the impact that was going to have um, having to cancel it. Um, but I think on the flip side of it, it's like, okay, what can we do new? You know, like, how do we do virtual events, which seems like they've been around forever. But, you know, we ended up doing a food and wine classic at home. And I think we had about 10 or 12 chefs. It was a two hour um, live show with chefs, you know, cooking from their kitchens with like their, um, their iPhones, you know, suspended. And we had over 8,000 consumers sign up and we were able to ship out wine for the wine tasting. And it really like, you know, the funny thing about it was usually with live events, you, you, you're you prepared. And once the event kicks off, unless there's a major catastrophe, it just kind of goes. And with this, you put all this effort into organizing, but you're 100% dependent on technology. And we all know when we've had bad tech days and, you know, having that come off and, um, you know, it was just so much, so much fun to do and um, super stressful. Um, but, um, you know, I think that just created sort of this environment of like, okay, what else can we figure out to do in this new world? So that's amazing. Yeah. I that is resilience, right? At, at its at its forefront. I wonder, Nancy, were there moments during that stressful time when you doubted, when you were uncertain, um, or those around you were uncertain. How how did you manage through that? Where did you turn? Was it inward? Was it to others to for sort of comfort and support during well, this time? I think one thing, um, our team actually, while we were all friends and liked one another, I think work was work and personal life you know, your home life was fairly separated. And I think what we ended up doing is, you know, having happy hours, you know, people would like, okay, what, you know, Netflix show are you going to watch and share? And, you know, I remember the first time we did a happy hour on a Thursday night, um, you know, everyone gave a tour through their house. So we knew where people were living. And I didn't have any doubt things weren't going to happen. But you know, we had a situation at work, we had to move to a four day work week. Um, and um, I think also just on the personal side, I have elderly parents and everyone, you know, had personal situations, whether they had a loved one who um, contracted COVID or they themselves got it or had, you know, extraneous, all of a sudden you've got four college kids back in your house. And so I think, you know, you kind of had to check in with everyone and make sure everyone, you know, was um, participating and feeling good about what was going on with them. And that looked very different for everybody.
what you've just described really is the blending of the personal and the professional worlds as a result of coming through this. And I think that is something that is lingering um, even today. I don't know that we've figured it out, but we're all trying to figure out how do we create a way of working that is more integrated with our personal lives. And I think sometimes, or the generation that has been sort of born into this will probably see it as just the standard. Right. Right. And I think, you know, um, I was thinking about your um, words about empathy and, and, you know, how do you mix the two? And I think early on, um, just because I started my career as a journalist and I'm always like watching what people are doing, et cetera. You know, the one thing I realized is everybody is going to have something that happens in their life that's, you know, major impact. And, you know, I think we need empathy to help people get through that. And I think what led me is I would say I've been fairly lucky in my life that I haven't had a lot of major issues. Um, But you want to make sure you're kind of building up, you know, your own points for when that moment comes. Um, And I think, you know, just being fair with people, understanding their situation, you know, and, and trusting them to do the right thing. Um, And I think that sort of coming back to COVID, like working from home. And I remember our CEO at the time, about six months in, he, you know, at one of our, you know, meetings, town halls or whatever said, you know, if you had told me a year ago that we were going to be working from home and be, you know, as effective and productive, I would have never believed it. And I think that, you know, if you want to call it generational or not, um, I do think um, people, you know, when given the chance, will do the right thing and not like be looking at, you know, anything that um, is like a free ride or whatever. So, yeah. And I think you said the magic word in that, in that's about trust. Right. And I, and I think being an empathetic leader and putting a bit more effort into listening that does begin to build that that trust that establishes that that exchange of expectations with each other so that you yeah you're demonstrating that you'll be there for them and um and there's an expectation of how that will work together do you when you think about advising young leaders today mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts or advice many any other specific le- lessons learned for them from this experience that you'd want to share with the younger leaders of today Nancy um you know I think one thing I would say is um 
you know, as you're going through your career, whether you're in a leadership role or on your way there or there, um, you know, I, I have just been so fortunate to work with some really smart, generous people. And that started when I was an assistant way back when, um, and, you know, make sure you keep in touch with those people because they are either going to get into a leadership role where they're going to need people around them that they can trust, or you're going to get in a leadership role and need, you know, people who have talent that you might not have, but also that you can trust. And, um, you know, I think um, that's the best advice I can get because I think, you know, Everyone um, that's in New York is competitive and looking out for themselves. But I think, um, you know, you can't do it all on your own and you need, you know, good people and you got to be able to depend on people and, and all of that. And that, I guess it would be one thing I would probably advise is, you know, keep in touch and like make notes on like, oh, that person is really good at, you know, design or creative or production or organization or whatever the fact might be. And um, I think trust is, is really probably the key thing to success. So. Yeah, uh, that is terrific. A terrific advice. We can do a great job every day at work and still find ourselves potentially in a uh, situation where we're laid off for whatever reason. And it's not a reflection on who we are or the job that we've done. We just may end up on that list somewhere along the line. And the one thing that we can control always, because we can't always control that, is the relationships, is the, right. the, the, the trust, the understanding, the um, consideration for others. It truly does make the world go round, if you will. And, and for women especially, we have different ways, I think, of supporting each other perhaps than men always do. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the same thing. It comes down to listening with an open heart and uh, being there for someone when they may need it, as you said, everybody's going to go through something at some point in their life. And um, we need to have the grace to recognize that. When you think about carrying that empathy for others, it can be exhausting. There's no question. I mean, life today <laughs> is exhausting. I mean, it truly is. Um, and I know for myself, I have learned, particularly coming through COVID, the importance of replenishing my own energy supply to give me the fuel to get back in there and be successful and be there, be present for other people in my life. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's not always the same thing. Sometimes it's like meditative yoga or some joyful session of improv. I started doing improvisation pretty recently, which has just really put a lot of fuel back into my life. How do you, Nancy, replenish 
your your energy? What is it that you turn to? Well, I think from a exercise point of view, I um, have been doing um, Pilates on the Reformer for God at least twenty five years, and whenever I can't do it or you know take time off, it always has an effect. And um, I think um, I. So that is what I do for that. I think for like clearing my head and brainstorming and problem solving, you know, I really love cooking and baking. And um, also I find driving in a car long distances. I go up to Massachusetts a lot and um, it is amazing just being on your own and, you know, having to focus on something completely different um, is probably sort of how I replenish. So what's next for Nancy Weber? Well, a good question. I'm just, you know, a little over a month into my retirement. I think, um, you know, I was supposed to climb the Camino Trail, and um, unfortunately, um, hurt my knee and wasn't able to go um, this summer. So that is still top of my list. Um, but probably in the near future, I've signed up for a bagel class up in Portland, Maine. So who knows? I'm going to go see what that's all about. And I've always kind of fantasized about having some kind of a provisional store or do something in the food area and maybe I'll get up there and say all right this isn't it but I'm looking forward to doing some new things I've never done before so amazing and your incredible career will set you up for unbelievable success I'm quite confident of that I can't wait to come to your store Nancy and buy all kinds of goodies (laughs) well thanks Georgia and um, good luck. I'm so excited for you and doing this. And thank you for all that you've done for New York Women in Communications, because it's um, such a great organization. And I know when I first got involved, I wasn't even sure what I was getting involved with. But, you know, I've made a lot of great friends, both professional and personal through the organization and um, really have been able to do a lot of new things. And um you know, to the listeners out there, get involved, take advantage, and um, all good things will come to you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Georgia. Thank you, Nancy. I hope you enjoyed this Changemaker conversation. Please subscribe or tell a friend to listen in. You can find the New York Wiki Women Heard podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or at the website at nywici.org forward slash podcast. You'll find more Changemaker episodes coming soon and more of the engaging and insightful conversations hosted by Julie Hockheiser-Ilkovich. You've been listening to Women Heard, presented by New York Women in Communications. I'm your host, Julie Hockheiser-Ilkovich. Thank you to our incredible producer, Liz Roberts, and the amazing team that works on this podcast. Chelsea Orcutt, Chrisanne Grise, Mandy Carr, Alex Fetter, who wrote our original theme music, and all of the wonderful volunteers on the podcast committee. 
A special thank you to Donna Jean Plant and everyone at New York Wiki who supports us. Please take a moment to rate and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 